You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, Josh wants to come speak. Josh, we're about to start our uh, podcast recording, but you can come up. I'll have you come up real quick. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? Nothing. Just, uh, you know, excited for Celtics basketball. But, obviously, there's a caveat. Tristan Thompson's not going to be ready. Kemba Walker's not going to be ready. Just wondering what you guys think. What's going to happen with his team right out the gates? Yes, sir. Well, you know, that's a perfect intro. We'll use that. Uh, welcome back to From the Rafters, guys. Our podcast, Josh just hopped up and asked us a question. And uh, Tristan Thompson not being fully healthy, and obviously Kemba Walker out till January hurts. Um, I think Tristan Thompson will be fine because obviously, you know, Tice had surgery too, and no one's really talking about that. So I- I'm not as concerned about Thompson, but I am concerned about uh, – actually, that's a lie. I'm not even concerned about Kemba because I think Kemba will come back uh, in January or February, and play his role just fine. And I think Tatum and Brown are going to have taken that next step to, you know, sort of overpower. Uh, and that's not the right word, but no one's going to be thinking about Kemba being out as much because Tatum and Brown are going to come back better than ever. And that's that's the way I see it. Sam, what do you think? Um, You know, I've said, like, the Kemba injury is, like, a silver lining, to be honest, because you get – a little extra sample size of Pritchard, a little extra of Turnout Waters, Carson Edwards. I mean, you're going to get to see a lot of guys get opportunity early on with all the injuries. So I'm excited. I'm excited for Robert Williams big time, too. He's flown under the radar a bit here when we've done our shows, but he was going to be a beast. So, And then just real quick before I hop down, the $28 million question we all have. Who are you guys eyeing as potential uh, – guys to bring in with that trade exception and who do you think some realistic possibilities are do you think they use it in one shot and and get a a superstar name or semi-superstar do you think they break it down into a bunch of smaller positions Uh, with that thank you guys i'm gonna get down and listen yeah sounds good thanks for hopping up and asking these questions this is a good one um i'm torn with this question because i think Danny Inge is very cautious, and we know this. He's very smart, and he always does the right thing, but he's also very cautious. And so I'm worried that it's going to take him a long time. And I'm not saying that's a problem. Like, I don't mind him waiting to use the trade exception. It's just a matter of what he ends up getting for it. I think Otto Porter, Harrison Barnes could be one of the guys that the Celtics get as a not even a last-ditch effort because I like those two guys and think they'd be good for wing depth. I think Porter and Barnes could be – someone that the Celtics get if they don't get somebody else, if that makes sense. Because I think, like, an Aaron Gordon could be someone they target if the Magic choose to trade him or, like, some of these other guys that are, like, more high-profile. Like, Buddy Heald. I don't think Buddy Heald's realistic necessarily. But if Danny Ainge made something work, I think that could happen. But I think the last-ditch effort would be, like, an Otto Porter and Harrison Barnes. Sam, what do you think? Um. Well, Josh is asking in the chat about uh, Aaron Gordon, which you talked about, or Zach Levine. I don't love Zach Levine. You know, I've said it Sam's before. Sam's a known Zach Levine hater. I just, I don't know. He's not winning. I mean, he's on that Chicago team, but 
it just doesn't impress me to see somebody score like a lot and be on a losing team. You, I don't know. It's just, it's just one thing for me. Uh, Gordon could be an interesting fit though, for sure. He might be better on a team that's, um, you know, a contender. He can play a smaller role, have a uh, higher impact in a small role. I think uh, that'd be an interesting piece, but we'll see. I don't, I don't think we're going to see anything just yet. We're going to see it closer to the deadline. Yeah. And I think Zach Levine, um, not only, you know, Sam, what you said is true, maybe like empty stats, but I don't think the Bulls would trade him necessarily. I think he's part of their youth movement and he, he's good for the Bulls. It's just they're not winning because they're the Bulls. And that's just, that's just how it is at this point. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks to Josh again for hopping up, asking the questions. Uh, and we're going to jump in tomorrow's game into tomorrow's game. I right, know obviously Celtics basketball is back tomorrow night against the Sixers tomorrow, right? 76 tomorrow. What time is that game, Sam? Ooh, is it at 7.30? Maybe 7, I usually. So, no, it is I'll 7.30. Be home, hit, hit the nail on the head. 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night, Celtics, Sixers. Uh, December, what's it? I don't even know today's date. December, December 15th, 15th will be tomorrow. Celtics play. Um, what do you think of the matchup? Obviously, Sixers improved with uh, – I would argue improved at least. No, they got like, better schematic-wise. Exactly. So, in Celtics, I would argue, on paper – probably look a little worse, especially with no Kemba. What what do you think we're going to see tomorrow in the game? Well, I'm super pumped for tomorrow's game because I'm really um, interested to see these new players. I'm excited to see Teague. Uh, We won't see Thompson, unfortunately. I was looking forward to that. We'll get to see the rookies, which I'm super excited. Neesmith, uh, Pritchard, for sure. I'm I'm really excited about about Pritchard. Everyone's talking about him. So, I want to see what he's got. We're for sure going to see him. Um, I'm interested to see if Carson Edwards is going to be a little better. Same with Waters. Who else we got? I mean, the Jays will play for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Taco, maybe. I've seen a lot of good things about Taco. I, I have faith. Taco had a press conference yesterday. He had very good things to say about the organization. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how um, they he chose to come back on a two-way contract because Celtics showed hope in him or faith in him when you know other teams wouldn't sign him, stuff like that. So. I, I think it's a, a good look for the Celtics that he's so excited to be back. No, yeah, and I mean at what seven foot five, you know yeah. you can't you can't find that. So to have him say good things about your organization and they say like Celtics were saying good things back. Like he, he's he's a hard worker. He's always trying to get better. And I know we kept saying that throughout the off season last season too. But to hear it again and then to see it. Like on the court, like we saw that Celtics scrimmage highlights that we'll talk about a little later. He, he yeah. looked solid. I mean, he was still getting beat by Tatum and Brown, but like, like real NBA defenders get beaten by Tatum and Brown. That's nothing to scoff at. So <laughs> I like Taco. I think he'll be good. It's just, it's just a matter of time. He's just got to keep working. But, um, yeah, Sixers Celtics tomorrow. Um, what's your starting lineup prediction for that game? Cause I don't know if it'll, it, it might be the same as the regular season, but still, this is still something. It'll be Teague. The Jays will be there. Uh, Tice, smart. That that's our that's our dilemma, isn't it? Who's gonna is it gonna be smart? Is it gonna be Grant? Or they I assume do? smart. I'm assuming smart. Uh, that's my guess. In terms of what I think Brad Stevens will do, not necessarily what I think should happen, but I think it will be smart. Yeah, it's probably fair to be smart. He's more experienced than Grant. Mm-hmm. I think it'll take <sighs> Grant time to earn that starting role. Yeah, uh, even though I do like Smart better off the bench, but you know it, it is what it is. It's fine. Uh, I think Smart will do a fine job. It's not the end of the world. 
Um, something else I'm looking forward to watching is Jason Tatum now being six foot ten. Mm. What do you think? That's like, is he genuinely six foot ten now? You think? Because that's like Kevin Durant height, and that's wild. Well, I saw John Corrales yesterday. He said uh, he's been six foot ten, according really? to Tom Westerholm. He's been six foot ten for a while. Really? And we just didn't notice, or I, at least I didn't notice. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know, man. We got Dustin coming to talk. Maybe you just want to say something about Jason Tatum. What's up, Dustin? How you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? What's going on? Good. How are you? Good, man. Hey, so uh, I just wanted to point out Jalen Brown tweeted out and said, my dude is 6'11", in reference <laughs> to Jason Tatum uh, being 6'10". <laughs> I did see that, too. Jalen Brown's wild on Twitter. I mean, I don't know if that was more of a joke or, like, he was serious, but Tatum's a big dude now. Like, 6'8 six, six, to 6'10 is a big deal. And in that scrimmage highlight tape, we saw him just kind of shoot over Jalen Brown, who's also like what six seven. So if he is actually six ten, he can just start shooting over guys. And he was shooting over guys at six eight last year, or quote unquote six eight or whatever he was. So uh, that 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 jump is going to be huge, uh, just for him as a scorer in general. Is he now a more? Is he now a a more skilled but but less lengthy version of Giannis Antetokounmpo? Oof. Uh, I feel like they have very different play styles. I would compare him more to a more physical version of Kevin Durant that's not as good of a shooter yet. I I think that's the comparison I would go with because Giannis is less shooting, more just drive, drive, drive. And the dominance Giannis has attacking the rim, I think, is unmatched. So, like, I I would argue more Kevin Durant than Giannis, but I see the comparison because of the height for sure. Yeah, I that was my that was my honestly my initial thought was like, you know, probably closer to Kevin Durant, you know, maybe less probably less skilled obviously. Kevin Durant's just an all-time great. Um, but how do you guys see Jason Tatum playing this season? That's my question, um given that he has grown a couple inches and he's entering uh what now his third or fourth year in the league and, you know, played really really well last year but they've lost some talent on that Boston. I'll let you take this one, Sam. Go ahead. No, they, they have for sure lost talent. I mean, Hayward was a huge piece of the team throughout the regular season. The <coughs> Excuse me. The one thing to be positive about is think about it like this, right? So the Celtics made the Eastern Conference Finals last year with a roster – that was a downgrade of the current roster because Hayward was hurt. He was not playing throughout the playoffs up until, you know, the heat series when he came back at like probably 25, 50%. So, I mean, you've got a team that is capable of beating Toronto. You've got a team that beat Philadelphia last year, even though they didn't have Simmons. You've got a team that, you know, they lost to Miami, but going back and looking at it, they really should have won that series as is. I mean, think about it. They were up huge in two of the fourth quarters of the first three games to the two games they lost. Um, I mean, they were in position to win that series and they just didn't do it. So they upgraded at the center spot, which they got killed at with Bam. And they have a better backup point guard over Wanamaker now. So, I mean, they definitely lost talent because Hayward is a big piece, but they improved the team that got them 
to the point that they were at. That's a really good point, man. I, I was not, I didn't follow the Celtics in the playoffs at all. So I did not know that. So thanks for the information. I, I, I mean, it sounds like, you know, uh, they're going to be like really, really solid. Um, and they're just going to build on what they had. I just wonder if it's enough to get them back to the Eastern Conference Finals, given the uh, improvements and expectations that, you know, teams like Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and, and Milwaukee uh, have made. And, and you could also make the case that, you know, um, you know Miami's still on track to, to be that. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee is going to be back for sure, right? They lost to that Miami team. They've made changes. They're going to be a different team this year. It'll be interesting to see how that goes for them. You never know. They could not have great chemistry. I doubt it'll be a huge issue, but change is always interesting. Uh, Miami is another team like the Celtics that didn't make any drastic changes. So, I mean, they were a good team. I think they got hot, and, uh, you know, they made a deep run in the playoffs. They just got hot at the right time. I don't yeah, think they're yeah. as good as the team they, you know, making the finals, stuff like that. I agree. Um, I, I, they rode the wave of the bubble. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to agree with you. I think Miami rode the wave of the bubble. They're not a bad team. I still think they'll be a deep playoff team threat. Like, they'll, I, I picture the Heat like the Blazers. Like, um, when the Blazers made the Western Conference Finals the other, uh, a couple of years ago, I think the Blazers are a great team. I think they're a threat. I think the Blazers could make the finals this year. I don't think it's likely, but they're a good enough team where I, they could do it and I wouldn't be too surprised. And I think that's what I compare the Heat to in the end. And I don't know. That's just what I think. Yeah, the Heat are just a team that overachieved. And now mm-hmm. you've got it, – it reminds me of the 2018 Celtics. You know, you had those young guys that overachieved. They should have went to the finals. They didn't. They lost game seven. Miami did go to the finals. Um, yeah, and they came Dustin, back. Dustin's asking why. Um, why do we say Miami rode the wave, but Boston didn't? Um, my answer to that is because Boston's been in the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the past four seasons, so they've established that they can do it and have success. Um, right, and, and that's just how I think of it. I mean, you could say going into both the series that they won, they should have won those series. I mean, people were saying Toronto was the better team, but in all honesty. You know, I don't think so. I, I don't think. And it's not like Toronto played bad either. Like, it was a yeah, tough Toronto, series. Well, and... they didn't play great. I mean, neither did the Celtics. The, uh, you know, the credit of the Celtics, though. I mean, Siakam was awful. Yeah, yeah, Siakam was bad. Van Vliet was good. Ibaka was good. Ibaka um, was unreal, by the way. I, I can argue. I would argue Lowry wasn't terrible. He was pretty good. He was a best. No, Lowry had a good series. He did mm-hmm. what he could. Norm Powell you know, was to good. his minimal capabilities. It's just Siakam that I think had a bad series, but yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it went seven games is my point. It's not like the Celtics got out like in four games. Oh, Raptors were bad because of the bubble. Um, and yeah, I just think the Celtics have more established success than the Heat, who haven't made Eastern Conference Finals or even like, I don't know if they've made the second round since the LeBron Dwayne Wade era, have they? Miami? Or last year? Yeah. They, beat, they played Toronto in the second round in 2016. Okay. There was uh Lowry made like a half court shot to send game one into overtime. That's why I remember that. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, I, I just think the Celtics have a more established um train of success than the Heat, and that's why I said the Heat rode the wave. And I think on paper the Heat 
were one of the worst teams out of those who could have made the Eastern Conference Finals. Like I, I think. Oh, I agree. The, I remember the when Bucks they, are better. The Celtics yeah. made it. I was like, oh my god, they're going to go to the finals. Yeah, yeah they still I should. Like, I stand by that. That wasn't a I bad agree. take. It was just the Celtics just didn't. Unfortunate. Execute. They they put themselves in position to win almost every game, and they just didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, shit, they should have won in it five. Was tough. Exactly. We we don't have to relive that pain, but it it, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I'm I'm looking at a list of things we're supposed to talk about, and Donovan Mitchell still wants to be a Celtic. Sam, you want to take that one? Yeah. So uh, Dustin actually kind of brought this up already. He mentioned the Jalen Brown saying, uh, "My man is six eleven about Tatum." So Bleacher Report put out like that Tatum is now six ten, and Donovan Mitchell like quote we were gun. We'll we'll look it up. Well, I'll tell you exactly what he said. Donovan Mitchell said something. Let's see. I'm trying to find it real Bro, quick. Bro, why, why are we lying like this? And they tagged Jason Tatum with four laughing emojis. Tatum said that it is his fourth year being 19, and he's still growing. <laughs> what a beast. And then Donovan Mitchell said he's crying right now. Donovan Mitchell wants to be a Celtic so bad, man. And this is something I have hammered on. I mean, he is like boys with Brown and Tatum. Um, Mitchell did sign an extension, right, Jack? Yeah, he did. He did max extension. Oh, I was going to say, if he didn't, Danny's no. going to get in there and offer him a one-year that he accepts so he can be unrestricted after Utah matches it. No, yeah, it was it was a huge, huge contract extension. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there's room to bring in Donovan Mitchell anymore. I mean, with the trade exception now. <laughs> no. As of right now, there's not. Actually, I mean, hold up. In, in no, the actually, no. Donovan Mitchell doesn't make that yet because he was Tatum's draft class, so he still makes under I mean, that. They would have match. to give up the. They would have to give up something astronomical for Mitchell. I, I'm right aware, now. but like, I mean, if, Jack, he if just if signed Mitchell, an extension. They're not going to trade him. If Mitchell forced the issue himself, no, he's not going to do that. I, I'm, I'm not saying you will. I'm just saying if he did, it would be possible. I don't think he will. I think he'll be in, in Utah for years and years to come. And I love Donovan Mitchell on that team, too. I think he, he's really good. But, uh, but yeah, no. I, I think Here's what I think, though, are. right? Mm-hmm. So one thing that we've had the discussion of many times on this show is the timeline bullshit with people saying, oh, yeah, Tatum yeah. and Brown are on a timeline. Kemba's on a different one. And then my argument is, like, Larry Bird had different point guards throughout his prime. So, Mitchell plays shooting guard. I feel like he could absolutely play point guard here. And if not, he could definitely slip into the shooting guard, move Brown to the small forward, Tatum to the power forward. Yeah. I mean, he might be an option once the Kemba thing is done. Yeah, and uh, we have some guys in the chat. Dustin saying, Mitchell forcing his way out, question mark. I don't think he'll actually force his way out. I'm just saying if he if he wanted to, he could. I, I think that would be the only – I was just saying that's the only way I think the Celtics could trade for him before his rookie extension's over. And then Josh says Kemba picks and young guys for Mitchell. I think that type of thing would only work if Mitchell did force his way out, and I don't I don't think that will yeah. happen. I think the only way Mitchell comes to Boston is after that rookie extension to play with Tatum and Brown. And at that point, it would be very possible. So I, I think that could be something – uh, to look for down the line, but at at this time, he's he's going to be in Utah for years, and that's just how it, how it's going to be, I think. But, but yeah. yeah, I agree. But he definitely wants to be here. I mean, there's no there's no question about it. Yeah, it, it does look like that. I mean, we, we've seen it since the All Star break, right? When he was holding hands with Kemba and Tim. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just something something to keep your eye on. I don't know how they can swing it. 
who knows? Mm-hmm. Keep your eye on it because it's definitely sure. a possibility. I'm I'm pretty sure an old uh, old podcast episode title for us was uh, oh it was Don- I remember Donovan that. Mitchell wants to be a Celtic, right? Yeah, I think that's a. Uh, that. Um. So, so, oh, I, oh, we got sure Dustin. Agree. Dustin wanted to bring something up again. I'll bring him back up real quick. See what's up. What's up, Dustin? How you doing? <clears throat> I'm good, man. Um, you know, we've seen before where, like, you know, I'll use OKC as an example, where, like, a team is, like, interested. We we saw that it was reported that, you know, the Lakers were interested in acquiring Dennis Schroeder, right? And then they went out and got him um, via trade in the offseason, right? Um, you know, after the trade deadline had passed. So uh, my question is, you know, I think that Boston should be looking at trading Kimba. Um, I thought they should have probably done it this past season um, instead of like waiting. But, uh, you know, given everything that's happened um, with his like, you know, injury, uh, I wonder, you know, how that affects his trade value. Could he return a guy like uh, Victor Oladipo, who they asked for in the uh, proposed uh, Doug McDermott sign-in trade? Yeah, I think Kemba's value is definitely worse, and you can see that in all these rankings. Like, the NBA rankings came out, he was worse than... I'm pretty sure Kemba was worked, uh, ranked worse than Smart, which I think is disrespectful. Um, I think uh, he wasn't in the top 10 point guards. I saw a list of... It's just it's just how it is. He's getting older, his knees are worse. Um, I don't necessarily love Oladipo. I wasn't really on the Oladipo train. Um, I think just the way he's handled the situation in Indiana makes me not want him on the Celtics because, I don't know, it just seems like, like, I, I don't know. I don't want that internal drama, I guess. And and you got to remember, Oladipo's had injury problems too. And so giving up Kemba because of his injury problems and just coming off of having Hayward for three years who had injury problems just to trade for another guy who has arguably worse injury problems, um, maybe not ideal. I think in the end, Kemba's trade value is probably going to be something along the lines of, I don't know, not much. I don't think much. We got Celtics fan coming up to talk to you. Maybe he has an idea. But uh, Sam, what do you think of Kemba's trade value? I mean, I don't love the idea of trading Kemba because yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think it's a good business decision. But as far as the look around the league has been since the Isaiah Thomas trade, the Celtics get a lot of uh, a lot of flack for doing that, and then they would be bringing in Kemba, who's someone that decided to come to the Celtics, which I don't think people appreciate enough, by the way, people deciding to come play here. And then they would be trading him after he hurts his knee. It's just not a good look. And I also don't think the value is there right now if they're going to trade him. His value is probably low. If you're going to trade him, you got to wait till his value is high. No, yeah. I mean, you could see him getting traded at the, um, I think, the All-Star break. Uh, Celtics fan, how you doing, bro? Hey, it's good, bro. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. So what do you think about Kemba's trade value? You got some thoughts on that? Trade value, as crazy as it sounds, I actually think Ainge was gonna would have traded him for Drew Holiday until the asking price was good up. I felt like, like for that for that move to get better defense, like I felt like he would have pulled the trigger on that. Um, but I think from a PR standpoint, we've already been like like destroyed by everybody for the Isaiah Thomas situation. Um, so I don't think he's gonna be. I think he'll be. He's going to probably finish his contract here. Um, I, don't, I don't see him trading. And he, and he wanted to be here, so I don't see like um, them doing any 
big moves with uh, Kemba. Unless it's like, unless like there's some perfect offer to get younger and more talented, then I'd see it. But as of right now, they like what they have and they're just trying to get him back to basketball shape. So he's ready to roll. Here's a, here's a trade I have for you guys, a proposed trade. Um, Yeah. yeah. Like in a vacuum, this is in a vacuum. I haven't matched up the salaries or anything because I definitely don't think they match. But would you trade like, you know, would you trade Kimball Walker for like Luke Kennard and Lou Williams? No. No, nah. absolutely not. Lou Williams, especially with down, with like his age, like he's old, he doesn't play defense. All the all the things people complain about with Kemba is the same for him. The only player like if you're getting like a like if you're get if I want to trade Kemba, I want like two way like two way on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And that was like the yeah. The only player I was thinking that would have made sense was Drew Holiday, but then his price was like three future first round picks, and then like that would be like I think absurd to give up just for like a year of Drew Holiday. I just don't know that like New Orleans would have been interested in Kimball Walker. I mean, maybe there was like a third team that could have came in there and swooped in, but I think they got a ball handler in Brandon Ingram that they like, and you know Lonzo Ball as well. I mean, I, I think those guys are are fine enough. And then they drafted Kira Lewis, so you know. Oh, they, they did. All oh, right, you did. They yeah, did draft Kira so, Lewis. You know, they got they got plenty of talent. I don't. I wouldn't have seen them be very interested in in uh in a Kimball Walker that you know as as much as you want to you know not take into account timeline. I think you know, and they got Eric Bledsoe too, by the way, in that trade. Um, but but yeah, anyways. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just definitely don't think Kimba fits that timeline. I mean, all those other guys are just so young. Um, and I honestly, like, I've always felt, like, no disrespect to, you know, Celtics fans, but, like, I've always felt like, you know, Kimba Walker is, like, over, like overvalued. Um, I think he's a good player. He's a really good point guard. Um, but I just I, – I'm not sold on him being, like, you know, the option that he is on that team – and, and that team winning a championship with him. So that's why I say he's overvalued given his money and all that. Um, I think he's, you know, probably. I mean, if it, from the sample size, like right now, like from what we saw in the playoffs, like, yeah, you could say he's overvalued, but like pre before Jason Tatum broke out, he was the best player on the Celtics. And like, I would argue he was one of like the top point guards in the East. Prior to like, along with like, I mean, he was an all-star starter. Yeah, exactly. And then like, and if, the if knee, anything, the, right the now, knee. I would say he's undervalued. I'm, I'm because I'm, he's hurt, and people I, like I, we talked yeah. about the trade value. I, I think he's undervalued. I mean, people forget that he was an all-star starter last year, and I think he's going to be fine. And if if you want to talk about his role, I mean, he could be anything from first to third scoring option on any given night. Now that you've got the Jays that are, uh, I guess you could say, evolved. Tatum is a beast now. I mean, he might be the one. Uh, I mean, according to ESPN, top 11. 11. Yeah, 11. Top 11 player in the league. Brown is very underrated by a lot of people around the league because they don't see him. They hear about Tatum more. But, I mean, Kemba, I mean, if he's the third option, I mean, you're you're swimming and scoring. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I like the sound of, you know, Kemba Walker being a third option. Um, but I think, you know, for a lot of teams that would – trade for him on that contract though like what option is he right like teams that would see that same value that you see in Kimba oh I agree 
I agree. Yeah, right I mean, now, his value for trades is very low. That's why I say I think he's like a little bit overvalued. Like, like he, like you know, certain teams overvalue the guys that they have right now. But and the Celtics other- are very guilty of that. I mean, right. amongst fans. I mean, I wouldn't trade Marcus Smart for just about anything. And that that's I, serious. I would not. But I think a team that would value Walker probably would be, you know, the Clippers because they need a, a point guard. They're, the guy who had the most assists on the team last year, or the, like, yeah, I think it was the most assists uh, on the team or most assists per game last year on the Clippers was Lou Williams. So, you know, they need some help at that point guard spot. If the Clippers had, if the Clippers had Kimball Walker – they would be better than what they were last year. The fact that they had cold, if and assuming everybody's at full health, like they would have had like a, like the third option being Kemba Walker next to PG Kawhi and PG, which is what I think the Celtics are trying to do. Is like like that's just going to cause problems for teams like the Lakers, who like I guess you had you had Avery Bradley, but you don't anymore to defend all three at a consistent nightly basis. Like that's going to be a huge problem. And I cannot believe. I cannot believe that that Danny Ainge chose Aaron Neesmith over Cole Anthony. That's mind-boggling to me. I think that was a, uh, a my opinion on the pick. I liked Cole Anthony too, and my friend Dante really likes Cole Anthony. Uh, so shout out to him. But I think that was more of what the Celtics needed at the time, because like obviously last year in the playoffs, you saw it. The Celtics shooting was just. It it was struggling. It was a struggle bus. The reason they lost, like, got eliminated from the playoffs is because they shot, like, two for 14 in the fourth quarter from three. So bringing in a guy who was an absolute flamethrower at Vanderbilt is going to help the Celtics so much. And I think in terms of winning right now, which I think obviously is the goal, like, you want to win in the future with Tatum and Brown, but where the Celtics are at, I don't think they should just be like, oh, yeah, we'll just wait a few years and then we'll try to really be good then because they can compete now and later. And so in terms of that, I think Neesmith is the perfect guy because, yeah, you want a point guard, but you have time to draft and develop one. And you already have Kemba and Smart right now, and Smart can easily run point guard. He came into the league as a point guard. So having Neesmith, who can run the two or the three, Brown, who can run the two or the three, and Tatum, who can run the three or the four, is perfect. I think the pick was more, though, like they didn't want to take away shots from Tatum and Brown. Because Anthony's like a, a much more score first player compared to. But to your um, point about that, though, man, like Cole Anthony can play off ball just as well as he can play on ball. That's what, in my mind, makes him such a valuable prospect. And we're seeing that already in Orlando in two preseason games. I know it's preseason, but look, he showed this in college. He showed he could spot up for three or, you know, shoot the three off the dribble. And he's a fantastic playmaker. I, I don't see why you can't have him as your backup point or, you know, you could have him playing right now with the Kimba injury, right? And like, see what you have and, you know, probably feel a whole lot better about moving Kimba for less. Um, you know, if, if, you know, Cole Anthony is, is really showing up, um, you know, I think I would like to fit more long-term with Cole Anthony alongside Brown and Tatum, given that they're all controllable contracts and you would have a really so- solid core to build on. I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm really, really low on Aaron Neesmith being able to contribute at a high level because I think he is, like, way overrated. Like, I had him, like, I think number, like, 30 on my big board. I was surprised when the Celtics picked him so high because he just, like, cannot defend at all. And his the shots he, were take, he was taking last year were just, like, against, like, really bad teams. And, you know, just – I don't know. He just looked – 
he looked really like slow on the court and uh yeah but but yeah I'm just I, I don't know I'm just shocked that I feel like Cole Anthony you know would have been the better long-term move um but if you're still trying to compete right now I guess you just take the upside of Aaron Neesmith but I think long term they're going to look back on this and be kicking themselves um for not taking Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I really like Aaron Neesmith uh, from everything I've seen uh, in practices. Obviously, you saw him in, in a few clips from scrimmages and practices with the Celtics. I think he'll be a good uh, – Sam, what do you think of the Neesmith pick? Are you are you a Neesmith guy? I mean, I, I support it. I don't know anything about college basketball. I'm kind of out of my element. But um, in, term, in terms of a point guard, I mean, they, did, they picked Pritchard. And people around the Celtics right now are raving about him. So – I'm really excited to see him go tomorrow against Philadelphia, see what he's got. Uh, I've saw I've seen people compare it to the Rondo uh, pick back in 2006 when Ainge picked him at like 22 while he traded for him at 22. I what? mean, he, they've said he's gritty. He's going to play hard, that kind of thing. Not that he's like a Rondo type player. It's just a different, like semi same value at the same pick. It just, no, no one thought he would be, great going that late but everyone's they, kind of underrated I people think have said Ainge make, loved yeah. him like all along so i don't know yeah he's a guy that was like all over draft boards like some people had him as like a like as a fringe first round pick and then others had him not getting drafted so i'm definitely gonna be interested in seeing how pritchard pans out in the nba um i think he had i think he has like a lot of heart and a lot of grind you know kind of fits the celtics dna in that way I just I'm just worried about his his size and um, I guess I suppose his like lack of athleticism, um, but we'll see. I mean we'll see. I mean you know us us draft guys we're we're always you know wrong on some guys, and uh, you know maybe Pritchard will prove me wrong. Um, but yeah, yeah. I actually personally I was not a fan of the Pritchard pick because they already had Tremont Waters from last year and I wanted him to get it. But oh, I agree. Yeah, so like, water's a beast. Yeah, yeah, like Tremont, like that was my, so that like over the Neesmith or Pritchard pick, I didn't like the Pritchard pick. I just thought, um, from like just from what you had available, and then I thought if you got Desmond Bain instead, and then you and then you didn't bring back Ojale, that would have been the perfect. That would have been like I think the value that like that Seas fans wanted, considering that like like Shemi hasn't like improved whatsoever in like his three years here, but those are, those are my, that would be like my biggest takeaway from draft day. If, if I, if I were the Celtics GM, right. If I were Danny Ainge, I, I like, I would have probably taken Cole Anthony at 14. And then I would have like, just in the, you know, I would have found a way to like trade up and they had like, what they had another pick too, didn't they? Like in the first 14 round, and 26, 14 and 26 yeah. in the first round. Mm-hmm. And they picked Peyton Richard at 26, right? Like they also had 30, but they got rid of it. Yeah. They traded to, it for future. Yeah. To me, man, I just, I would have, I would have like, I mean, I guess they really, really believe in Neesmith, but I would have just like, look, like if you need shooting, right. Like I would have traded, I would have, you know, gotten Cole Anthony. And then maybe either eight, like I would have traded back. I would have probably traded up if I could and, and got like a, a, just a shooter. Like, but you know, the thing is like some of the, you know, guys who might pan out as far as shooting, like they could have had, they could have traded up and gotten quickly, I think, because I think quickly was picked 25th. 
And I think, you know, if you want to talk about a guy who has a better defensive um, upside um, and his, his defense will probably translate better to the NBA, and he's, he's a hell of a shooter as well, I mean, Emmanuel quickly. I mean, you can play him at that two spot. Um, you could play, I mean, I think you would be fine with like a quickly Anthony, you know, uh, bench combo, um, or, you know, have, have like quickly come in there and play alongside, you know, Kimba for, you know, for some stretches, I don't see him being, being certainly, I don't see him being worse than Neesmith. So I, I don't understand why they didn't go in that direction instead. Um, maybe they feel like there's just not a huge gap between Pritchard and, and Anthony, which, I would be really interested to hear that argument. But, yeah, I, I felt like they should have gone Anthony and quick. And now a quick word from our sponsor. I think a big thing to remember with the Celtics, and I also do think Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens probably liked Pritchard a little more, which is it's just great. I like it. Um, the Celtics never played rookies their first year in the league. Like, they played Tatum, but that was a very – unique situation I think like Jalen Brown barely played his first year in the league um we saw Grant Williams play a decent amount but like Edwards didn't really play Romeo didn't play a ton so I think whatever rookie did come in I don't think necessarily Neesmith and Pritchard are going to get a ton of run off the rip and so I think picking these guys because the way I see Pritchard is obviously he spent four years at Oregon right so I think he can come in and play immediately because I don't think Brad Stevens trusts the rookies as much. And so while Cole and Anthony could have more potential, I think they really like what they have in Pritchard right now and in the future. Cause I, I think Anthony's a great player and I don't, I'm not saying I think Pritchard's better than him right now. Even I just think Pritchard fits better with the Celtics, like the way they play, if that makes any sense. I, we have Josh coming up. Maybe he has some thoughts too, but I, I don't know. I, I really like the Pritchard pick. Josh, what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah, I, I have to agree a hundred percent on Pritchard. I think there were probably, more, more, uh, more talented, better upside prospects available. But with Pritchard, he's a four-year starter. You know what you're getting. He's going to be able to come in and play an immediate role on this team, and he's going to uh, help in the short term and the long term, like you just said. Uh, I think he was. There was definitely players with higher upside, but as far as you know, this is a team that wants to come out and 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 make a run for the championship. So you got to get players, young players, who can aren't just developmental pieces who can also help in the media. And I think that's exactly what Pritchard is. I think it's also like based on like my thing is what I thought it was like, he was trying to go based, very role based. So someone who's not going to do like a lot of extra stuff, who's just going to like play within a certain like limit on their system. So that's why I think with the four years of Pritchard you're getting, at least from my seat. From what yeah. I, see. I agree with that Celtics. I, that That was, you know, I was just thinking that, that, you know, it seems like Danny Ainge is drafting for, for role players at this point to, to fit alongside, you know, probably, you know, Tatum, like guys who can share the court with them and, and just play a role if needed. Um, yeah. So, Cause like, so, if you go by upside, if you go by upside, I think the risk is that if they have a breakout this season, like for example, Rozier had his breakout season and then Kyrie comes back. I mean, obviously Kyrie was a big problem, but then, like, you have a serious problem of, like, he goes for, like, Rozier as a talent not being what it was bef- the year before, and he's taking a step back. So, like, it's a lot of, like, you want to get guys who can be confined to accept their role and be and won't do anything, like, extra or anything extreme that 
affects the the like the chemistry on the chemistry court. Of the, yeah, exactly. And that's one thing that this team lacks is you know solid role players who the Ryan Gomes and the Delonte Wests and the, those guys who have a certain role that they fit on this team and, and help elevate. Um, the court to a championship, and that's exactly what they needed. And then, and if some of them develop into more than that, then obviously, you know, you've got good trade bait, or you got you yeah, know. like the like if the if they do exceed expectations, I think that's a good part because then I think they should they they have good better trade value, which is what I think they should have done with Rozier, um, here too. If a uh, question. If the New York Knicks call Danny Ainge and they're like, hey, we're interested in Kimball Walker, what would Danny Ainge want from the Knicks? I've actually heard this trade rumor, or not even trade rumor, but this idea. I think at this point, barring like a successful first half of the season that raised his value, it would be like a Julius Randle in a pick, and it wouldn't be a great pick. And I don't know if that value is something that Celtics fans would necessarily love. I don't personally love it, but I think that's where Kemba's value is at right now. And I, I don't think it would be the end of the world. I think Randall can be successful in a smaller role, but I don't know. Yeah. I would that's just my thought. Julius Randall, maybe one of the young guys that haven't panned out or something like that. See if, because, I mean, you got to remember, for, for young guys, Brad Stevens is one of the best developmental head coaches in the league right now for younger guys. Uh, we've seen it. I mean, obviously we've seen some misses, but we've seen a lot of guys develop into – a good player so it depends on the position in my opinion like some positions he's like the point guard position yeah, i think he's done well in but some of them i've been kind of skeptical like like the yabusellis the ojales like those things are like what the hell is going on man like but i don't think those me. guys had the, the the upside that you know some other players might i think ojale was always just gonna be an ojale that's what he, that's what he is and yeah, Vaselli was the drafting stash, and you know you try to bring him back and see what he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think um, you know you could probably get a little bit more than Julius Randle in a, in a first round pick, just depending on what the protections are on the first round pick and stuff. But I don't think New York is like going to be like, "Yo, we're just going to hand you like our first round pick in the in the twenty uh, twenty one draft, where we could potentially get one of Evan Mobley or Kate Cunningham." That's not going to happen. Um, I mean, it's the Knicks, bro. It's the Knicks. It's the Knicks. Yeah, but but here's here's my question. Why why do people like incessantly like just crap on Julius Randle? I mean, look, this was a guy who showed out in New Orleans, right? Like as like a six man, and had a really really good season. Um, Went to the Knicks, you know, secured his money bag, and you know this Knicks team is really bad. Like, you, I mean, it's going to drag. You just said it. The Knicks team gonna, is really bad. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to drag. It's going to drag, you know, everybody down. Like, it's like, it's like, you know, kind of like Horford going to Philly. Like we know, we knew that like Horford going to Philly and playing alongside Joel Embiid wasn't going to be his best fit. And like his, he was just going to look worse on that team. Right. Like, and I feel like that's what's happened to Julius Randle. Like if you get him back on a respectable team, I think, like, why can't he, re- you know, return to, to being Julius Randle um, that was at the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, coming off the bench and, and providing some inside scoring to the tune of 20 points a game? He wasn't actually that bad also in New York last year, I thought. It was just that, like, when you're on the Knicks, everything, like, you're viewed pretty badly. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's like an what, like he's like he can be a twenty ten player. So, I think um, he's just not he's just not a good defender. I think is the big problem. Like Julius Randle's terrible, terrible defender. He averaged he averaged nineteen and a half and ten rebounds in New York on like decent shooting. He he didn't shoot the three well, which he he shot thirty four percent in New Orleans previous year, and he shot. 27% New York, and then his efficiency went down a crap ton, too. It went down by, like, 60%. So, like, I understand why they were pissed, because they got a worse version of New Orleans' Julius Randle, who was, I would argue, like, I, I don't want to say borderline all-star, but he averaged 21-9-3, and three, which is really good, to a guy that didn't shoot it as efficiently, still not good at defense, and obviously the Knicks are the Knicks, and uh, New York fans are about as hardcore as they come, so... The, the fact that we're test. talking about Kemba Walker for Julius Randle right now is, like, crazy. <laughs> like, well, are, are you serious? Obviously, I think it's because Kemba was, everybody... He was an all-star and, starter last year. Come on. No, I think the craziest thing was because of, like, the knee issue and then what we saw in the, the playoffs. And then, like, it was, it, like, that's what – like, that's the last, like, remnant. Like, right now, when we see – think of Bam Adebayo, we're thinking, like, yo, this guy's like, Arguably the best center in the East. No, it's, it's just recency bias. I mean, he's yeah. gonna be all right. I think. Well, I mean, if he comes back and he plays bad, then then we can have this conversation. But jeez, it's also the the knee injury, the age, and the contract. I mean, you're, you're probably yeah. not gonna get the mm-hmm. same. That's your yeah. Sister. The knee injury things with like the C's man, like the Garnett knee injury, and like anything that's like Celtics have I, terrible injury history. Yeah, I mean, just look like, at this season. Pritchard already hurt his finger. Thompson's got his hamstring. You know, I mean, it's happening. Here we go. Yeah. Hospital Celtics are a thing. They've always been a thing. There'll always be a thing. It's I'm used to it at this point. It's just the hospital Celtics is going to happen at some point. Yeah, no, when, when, when I heard that Tristan Thompson was missing the first game of the season, I laughed. I've never seen, I've never seen a team ne- like never watch the Celtics ever with all five starters. With probably uh, ever like hundred percent healthy ever. Well, you did for about three minutes or five minutes <laughs> in that before Hayward. Yeah, jeez, what a yeah. mess that was. I have a question. And then in the beginning of the bubble, like it was crazy. That was like the first like hundred percent healthy. Um, and, and they yeah. were really good. And they were great they looked, against the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. It looked great. It's just I don't know, man. And then Hayward got hurt again, and it's just. Celtics can't catch a fucking break, and that's always how it's been. And I know I sound like an asshole complaining because the Celtics have been very good the past four years, and I'm not complaining about that in the slightest. It's just tough with the injuries, man. It gets, it definitely gets frustrating. But uh, well, so, yeah, a big thing that we need to that needs to be looked out for too is shot selection. Uh, are they going to go up and just start throwing threes up again like they did in the bubble? Yeah, that's another thing. That's threes? another big thing, Josh. Like that's, that's one thing that I'm really worried about is when they have a lead, are they going to learn that Tatum and Brown look at the film and say, okay, we need to drive. We need to, we need to not rush down the floor and shoot it in transition three when we're up by 10. Like they need to. Lock- yeah. That's like another thing. I think a goal for this season should be like, they have to understand like when they're in the lead, like what they're, what the shot selection would be. And like, they have to establish like, some form of like consistent like go to offense rather than just result in the heavy isolation to like make so you don't like that's throw away your lead. It's an excellent point. If, because if. like like I think that's I put that more on Brad because I felt like Brad was like yeah. attack the ba- attack the basket like 
but like obviously like he wasn't creative enough to like give them like a comfortable look like maybe like flash brown or just grab him by the by the jersey and say stop shooting threes we're up it's good (laughs) fine shoot the damn three but can you take 15 to 20 seconds off the clock first instead of rushing down the court digging because you got an open look you're gonna shoot it with 22 seconds left on the shot clock this team can score too you know that drive me nuts i'm sorry (laughs) here's my my if if Let's say the Boston doesn't make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. What do you do then? And is Brad Stevens fired? Is that? No. I don't think he's going to get fired, no. but like I'd be, I'd be open to change. I mean, so I, 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 I think the right. team overachieved last year, and people forget that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, going me into the year, they it. just lost Kyrie. People were really down on them. They made the Eastern Conference Finals. Really should have made the finals. But they okay, yeah. They my, thing is like, my thing is that. My thing is that, like, they need when when the pressure was on them to to make that step, they didn't do it, and I blame that more on Brad for like, like Miami out executed them in every aspect of the fourth quarter, and like Brad, like I, I hold that against them severely because like he didn't he didn't prepare them enough, he didn't adjust enough to certain things. So I like that's where I view it, and like that's why like personally, like if they don't like. If, the, if it's just the same bar again of ECF, then it's like, that's where I, I'm like, okay, I'm open to change, really. And I'm not saying Brad is a bad coach. I just think that, like, with the Tatum extension, you have a window. And you need to get to the finals during the extension, otherwise he's bouncing, in my opinion. I don't know about that. I think as much as I do think there was some coaching problems, you can't blame Brad for the guys shooting two for 14 from three in the fourth quarter. They just missed like, and most of those were good looks. They just missed the shots. Like, they were chucking them and chucking them. And while Brad should have probably reined it in. Though. Yeah, you yeah no. Brad should have reined it in for sure. I, and that's why I say I, I do put some blame on him. But I, I, I think Brad is a great coach. And I think it's not talked about enough. Brad Stevens made the Eastern Conference Finals three out of four years with three very, very different rosters. Like none of those rosters look the same. Jalen Brown is the only guy who was on all three of those teams. And he didn't play the first year that they made it. And yeah, you know, like, that's so impressive. And that, that should be uh credit to Stevens for being able to manage teams that are that diverse, you know, different teams, three different Easter conference finals. Now he absolutely deserves some of the blame. Like you guys said, you guys make good points. They don't execute well down the stretch. That's on him to a certain degree. They got to take better shots. But as far as the threes go, unfortunately, like, that's the way the game is going now. Well, you do make a good point. They do need to wait a little bit longer in the shot clock if they're going to take a lot of threes. But, I mean, unfortunately, I think that's, you know, what we're going to see. It might not be as uh, erratic as it was in the playoffs, but it'll be a lot of threes for sure. But when you're up, you gotta you got to look at the clock. I agree. Yeah, the, you have, I you agree. got to play smarter. And that that's... Probably I think it's a good. That's why you brought in win those mm-hmm. games that they should have won. I mean, I think that's good. Like, for example, like now, if you need to bail yourself out in a th- corner three, you don't have Marcus Smart. You'd assume it's Aaron Neesmith to take those take those kinds of shots instead of relying on Marcus Smart threes if he's cold. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's one of the reasons they drafted Neesmith. I mean, he he might not have been the best prospect available, but he might be the best fit as of right now. You know, they needed shooting off the bench. That was what killed them. And Miami had shooting, and they really didn't, at least aside from the star players. So, 
I mean, I'm interested to see what they can do. I mean, one thing Brad said was Neesmith really hasn't played since January, so he doesn't expect a whole lot right out the gate. So if he doesn't play well, I'm sure we'll see people start to get on him and Twitter will go nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. When, when when are the preseason games being played today? What times? I don't know about today. I know the Celtics tip tomorrow at 7.30. That's their first game against Philadelphia. <clears throat> So I'm pretty you, sure the preseason games tonight are – oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, you only follow the Celtics? I mean, we follow the NBA, but I don't know off the top of my head who's playing today. I'm pretty sure – I know the Hornets play tonight, and I know they play the Raptors. Um, tonight, uh, the Pelicans also play the Heat. Uh, the Cavs play the Pacers at 6. Mavs, Bucks, Suns, Jazz, Grizzlies, Timberwolves. Those are the games. This is late tonight. What? The Thunder's not playing? No, the Thunder are not playing. I think the Thunder play tomorrow. Thunder yeah. don't play tomorrow. Thunder play Wednesday. Thunder yeah. Bulls, 8 p.m. Wednesday. Eight, oh, 8 p.m. Eastern time? 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Wednesday. Yes, sir. Oh, that's the best news I've heard all day. <laughs> so yeah, who do but, you guys, uh, go ahead, yeah. Who do you guys think is going to step up and be that go-to guy off the bench? Out of these first and second year players, talking about Langford when he gets healthy, Neesmith, um, Edwards, Pritchard, Williams. Who, who's going to be the guy to really step up? I, and I've been hammering the starting spot. I've been hammering this point for the past two weeks, and Sam knows exactly what I'm going to say. Grant Williams is going to average at least ten points per game this season. I I think Grant Williams is going to be amazing he's, this season. He's certainly going to be in a spot or in a role to be able to do that, depending. I mean, I still think he might start, to be honest with you, depending on what Brad wants to do with the team. Love, I love Grant Williams. But, I love him so much. I mean, I think Robert Williams is going to answer your question as well. I mean, we saw him in the bubble. He was excellent. Uh, there was a lot of praise for him at training camp. I think he's found his stride a bit. He's not going to be a mess like he was in his first couple seasons. Um, as far as the young guys go, I think that's your answer. And maybe Neesmith, depending on how he is. Um, but other than the young guys, I think Teague's going to be a big impact player off the bench, more than people think. Uh, he he was under the radar playing in Minnesota and Atlanta last year, both smaller markets, so you don't hear a lot about him. But he's still a solid player. Yeah, he was an all-star before with uh, Atlanta. He was like on the really good Atlanta teams. Right. Yeah, yeah. and then oh, – yeah, Lewis. go ahead, man. Sorry. I was saying my pick is Romeo Langford. I really like what he showed on defense and – uh, I think he eventually figures out how to shoot it well enough to where he's a big contributor off the bench. If not, yeah, he's he's for sure someone that like we're all excited to see, but like he just had to have surgery again. Like it's another injury thing we were just talking about. Like all these guys are hurt, and it's like unreal, unbelievable. But yeah, I agree. I think he's someone to watch when he comes back for sure. Like uh, Jack was mentioning, Brad doesn't like to play rookies a lot in their rookie season, aside from Tatum. So. I mean, when Romeo did get those spot starts last year, he was excellent. He played Orlando excellent, played Atlanta excellent. So I am excited for him to get back and be healthy for sure. What's his What's his injury? He had he tore a ligament in his wrist in the playoffs, and he had surgery on it late, like after the bubble. So he won't be back till January, February. His shooting wrist? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm not. Sh- I think it's his or left maybe, wrist, actually. Or maybe left. Yeah, I think it's his left. So it's not his shooting wrist. No, it was. It was his right wrist. Was right it wrist. his right? Yeah, he totally went his right wrist. I just looked it up. So yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna be out for a while, and that hurts because his defense and those like those little stunts he got in the bubble looked really good, and I think he has the potential to be a good shooter. I think he uh, 
he's the key to the Celtics wing depth, which I think definitely got significantly weaker with losing Hayward. Cause last year you had Hayward Brown Tatum and that like the strength of that three, like threesome of them was so huge that you didn't need a ton of depth. But now that you lost Hayward, you kind of need a backup guy off the bench to play the wing. And unless Neve Smith play, uh, like just takes this huge jump off rip, which he could, I, I have faith in Neve Smith. I think the Celtics are going to need to play Brown and Tatum a lot. And I think they were going to do that anyways, but I, I think Romeo is the key to that backup wing spot as of now, especially going into the future. So I'm hoping he can come back healthy and ready to rumble. But yeah, um, something else I wanted to bring up quick uh, before we start to wrap things up here, because it has been a little over an hour and that's how longer episodes usually run. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys are Celtics fans. Obviously, Celtics fan is a Celtics fan. That's how it works. I know, Dustin, you're a Thunder fan. Josh, are you a Celtics fan? Josh is here. Josh, yes, sir. Here. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, sir. Yeah, so, coming back to NBC Sports Boston, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Abby Chin is coming back, which is Woo! amazing. Sam, Good I know you, you brought it up, so I'll let yeah. you if you want to talk about it. Yeah, I woke up this morning, went on Twitter, and I saw that. That was excellent. There was an account that was campaigning for her to come back. Uh, Kyle Draper moved on to the Sacramento NBC Sports to cover the Kings. I think he's getting partial play-by-play duties, so that desk job was open, and I think she got it. So uh, a lot of people are really happy. There was a Globe article on Abby coming back today. Obviously, I'm happy. She was great, uh, knows her stuff, was an essential part of the broadcast team, and everyone was really upset when they heard she was supposed to leave. So, I mean, everyone's pumped, and I'm pumped too. I mean, we got a game tomorrow to have her – be a uh, part of the coverage so i'm pumped do you guys usually watch it on nbc sports That's boston or the only on way TNC? Watch it. You, you always watch it on them yeah if it's on the net i hate national broadcast i hate when it's like a sunday and it's on abc and there's no local coverage i hate when it's a playoff i would pay an extra 20 dollars throughout the Damn. playoffs to watch it on local coverage I can't, if that I, meant if they could any, have the rights anytime well i mean obviously tomorrow i don't know who the commentators will be on tnt but if if it's Mike Breen and and Van Gundy, I'm, that's that's must watch for. I I I have to pick well, them over. Those guys are the ESPN guys, but yeah, Mike Breen is excellent, and he's one of the few national guys I actually like. And Kevin Harlan, Kevin Harlan on TNT. Kevin Harlan's all right. He has got a good voice. I just I always feel like TNT when it's him and Reggie Miller, they're real biased against the Celtics. There, it was TNT was bad with Stan Van Gundy when Van Gundy was there. It was awful, bro. It's just gonna be so different without Tommy there, man. Yeah, it's very – it is sad. We've gotten, like, kind of warmed up for it, though, because he hasn't been doing a whole lot these last couple of years because he's been, like, he's getting older. You know, he couldn't travel, so we started getting scowling away games. So the, the transition won't be as jarring, but obviously it is sad that he's, you know, not around anymore. Well, I think we got Abby back. We yeah. got Abby back to the Celtics. We need to bring the Bruins girl back a few years ago. She was way better. <laughs> man i think scal's gonna be a good replacement like i i think as much as uh, obviously nothing people don't like scal i like Scal. i like scal. I, I don't I really understand like the scal. people that don't like scal do you like scal josh i like scal just sometimes he gets too going and then he sounds like he's like had a couple of beers on the job and i'm like that's what you want scal. i like it hey, I, I, I love know. that guy i think paul pierce would be an excellent color guy too they shit on him too much on espn no, yeah, Paul Pierce. Sam, you always say Paul Pierce should come to NBC, right? That's your. That's he your should. That, yeah, that's I his perfect so. job, man. He's not fit for ESPN because he's too biased, but he'd fit perfect here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than Abby Chin was one of the last. I think you think she's beneath it. 
ESPN, I feel like these things, if you didn't, it's like ESPN, TNT, I don't think it comes back to NBC and for a while until he's much older. I don't know. We'll oh, yeah. see. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless there's anything else, Sam, that you have or Josh, you wanted to bring up quickly, I think uh, that's about where I wanted to wrap things up. I can't think of anything. Abby Chin was the other topic I wanted to bring up before we wrapped up the show today. But uh, you got anything, Josh, before we uh, wrap up the show here? Anything you want to plug? Thanks for joining nah. us. No, nah, man. Thanks for coming on. I don't know if we kind of hijacked your, your your podcast or yeah. whatnot, but it was uh, it's obviously great. I'm down in Tampa now, so I I don't have my Celtics all the time. So it's always great just to talk to people who enjoy Celtics basketball and live it. And um, I can't wait for this season. I, I've got high expectations, high hopes. I think we can make it to the finals uh, and hopefully win it all. I don't know though. That Lakers team looks really tough yeah. to beat. Yeah, Lakers are scary. But, yeah, hell yeah, man. Appreciate you coming on to talk to us. We'll be here Mondays at 1030 for, uh, from the Raptors podcast. And, uh, yeah, so anytime you want to talk Celtics, just hop in and we'll, we'll be here talking. Mondays, 1030. Perfect. Uh, yeah, appreciate you coming up to talk. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be it for us, for us guys, I think. Uh, I think it was a good show. You know, Tatum 610, Abby Chin back, preseason game tomorrow, lots of stuff going on with the Celtics. I'm hyped. I know Sam's hyped. Uh, you guys can follow me at Bannertown or follow us at Bannertown USA. Follow me at Jack Simone NBA and uh, go ahead, Sam. Yeah. Thanks for listening today. Uh, especially the new people, Josh, shout out to you. That was a lot of fun. We also have uh, Mitchell's off stage. I haven't seen him before. Shout out to him. Um, you know, this is a lot of fun to do on the locker room app. If you're listening on the podcast form, be sure to try and get in when we do these live shows. Cause it's a lot of fun to have interaction. Obviously that's we why we guys did- in today. Um, you can follow Jack at Jack Simone NBA Bannertown. Uh, tomorrow's first preseason game, so we're going to have previews, recaps, and then the next day we'll have player of the game articles out on the website, as, among other things. But those are the definites right now. Me and Jack will be writing those along with Tim Shields. And anybody else who's interested in writing, you're more than welcome to DM me and Jack on Twitter or the Bannertown account, and we will see what we can do for you. Um, That's it for us today. Uh, I'm at Sam LaFrance, NBA. You can follow me. Uh, That's our show for today. Bye.